0: You're listening to a podcast from West Wind Church. For more information, visit our website at westwindchurch.org. Well, good morning again. Let me invite you to turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 1. Love for everybody to turn there. Last week, we began a new series titled being the church. We're going to be in the book of Acts for quite some time. The encouragement is Acts is a sequel to the gospel of Luke. It's written by the same author, Luke. It's written to the same individual. His name is Theophilus. And the purpose is very similar, to demonstrate that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Savior of the world, and the gospel will be for all people. And we're going to see that If you were with us last week, On Mission with God, Acts 1-8, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. My topic this morning, waiting on God in prayer. So let me ask you a question. How many of you would agree with me that waiting is hard work? It just is, isn't it? We live in a society that wants things yesterday, instantaneously. We pray, Lord, give us patience right now. And so it's real interesting. If you look back to the Old Testament, you'll see this beautiful concept of waiting on the Lord over 40 times. It's a powerful, powerful concept. If you have your Bibles, let me highlight Acts chapter 1, verse 4. We looked at this a little bit last week, but' we're going to pick up on it, because this is where our passage leads us. While Jesus was together with his disciples, he commanded them to not leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise. And so it begs the question right now. Why wait? After all that transpired, and folks, it's remarkable. Let me uh, paint the narrative as we lead up to this passage. The past or the previous 6 weeks, roughly 40 days were incredibly intense. The Passover meal, which turned into the communion meal. Jesus washes his disciples' feet, including Judas. How remarkable. They leave Jerusalem, cross the Kidron Valley. They go into Gethsemane, and Christ pleads with them, pray with me, and they fall asleep three times. He's then arrested. Six trials, and then he's beaten. He's crucified. He dies, buried. He's raised from the grave. But what happens in this passage is we're going to see the powerful reality. There they are, Mount of Olives, and Christ ascends into heaven. Can you imagine what those 40 days must have been like for those disciples? So after 40 days of intense ministry, resurrection, ascension, here's what he says. Wait. Wait in Jerusalem. And we're going to see a very specific place where they waited. But it begs the question, why wait? And as I studied this passage, it was just so clear, so revealing to me. God wants us to know one thing this morning, that the church of Jesus Christ was birthed in a prayer meeting. You see, when he called them to wait, it was to wait on God in prayer to experience his presence, to experience his power as the Holy Spirit comes, transforms, indwells, empowers, and the church was born in a prayer meeting. Friends, here's the remarkable thing about the book of Acts. There's 28 chapters in the book of Acts. There's over 31 references to prayer in Acts. It's really a book about prayer. 20 of the 28 chapters reference prayer, and I'm going to highlight a few of those today. Never forget this, because Jesus wanted to know the disciples and us today. The church was birthed in a prayer meeting, and yes, for the whole first 25 years, 28 chapters of the book of Acts, the gospel advanced in a prayer meeting. So I would conclude prayer is the work of the ministry that's why we've said for quite some time let's become a house of prayer take the gospel to the ends of earth beginning on our knees and so those of you are here with me uh today how about if you stand it's uh quite comfortable right now in fact i need some sunscreen Yeah, and uh, we have a large passage passage of Scripture to read, so stick with me, please. Acts chapter 1, we're going to begin with verse 9. It's a narrative, and we're just going to highlight a few key things about prayer, but stick with the narrative as as it unfolds, uh, as the church is getting ready to be birthed. So Luke records, After Jesus had said this, he was taken up as they were watching, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, they were gazing into heaven, and suddenly two men in white clothes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into heaven? This Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come in the same way that you have seen him going into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called the Mount of Olives, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. When they arrived... They went to the room upstairs where they were staying. And this is the list of the 11 minus the 12 minus Judas. So there's 11. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, the zealot, Judas, the son of James. All these, notice this, were continually united in prayer. Along with the women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. How remarkable. This is the last reference. To marry the Mother of Jesus, and where is she? she's in a prayer meeting. Jesus' brothers who originally did not believe are now in a prayer meeting in Jerusalem, waiting for the Spirit to come. How powerful during these days. Peter stood up among the brothers. The number of the people who were together were about one hundred and twenty and said, Brothers' the scripture had to be fulfilled that the holy spirit through the mouth of david spoke in advance about judas who became a guide to those who arrested jesus for he was one of our number and was allotted a share in this ministry now this man acquired a field with his unrighteous wages the 30 pieces of silver he fell head first and burst open in the middle and all his insights spilled out this became known to all the residents in jerusalem so that in their own language that field is called Hekeldama, that is the field of blood for it is written in the book of psalms let us dwell and become desolate let no one live in it and let someone else take his position that was a prophecy that's going to be fulfilled in this setting therefore From among the men who have accompanied us during the whole time, the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day he was taken up from us. From among these, it is necessary that one become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they proposed to Joseph, called Barsabas, who was also known as Justice and Matthias. And then notice, folks, please don't miss this. Then they prayed. And look at the prayer. How specific and how intimate. When you prayed for leadership, here's what you pray. You, Lord, know the hearts of all. Show which of these two you have chosen to take the place in this apostolic service that Judas left to go to his own place. Then they cast lots for them, and the lot fell to Matthias. So he was numbered with the 12 apostles. Please be seated. One of the things that I find so revealing and inspiring about the concept of waiting, friends, waiting is never a passive activity. If you recall, when we studied the book of Habakkuk in chapter 2, God told the prophet, go up into the tower and wait. But he wasn't passive. He wasn't just kind of dozing off and relaxing. He is looking out. He is trusting. He's observing. He's waiting to hear from the Lord. That's exactly what's going on here. Waiting is an active uh, participation with God and his spirit. And so in this setting, it's a waiting on God in prayer. If you have your digital guides uh, this morning, I want to encourage you to open to page four at home the same. I always love to share the blessing. The blessing is this, the spiritual discipline of waiting on God in prayer will result in the Spirit's ongoing presence and power in our lives and in the life of His church. Now, I really uh, struggled with using the word discipline because we don't necessarily like that word. Don't let it scare you. Discipline is something that we do regularly. It becomes more routine. It's a practice that is almost habitual. So let me share with you this morning four disciplines that result from waiting on the Lord. So discipline number one, wait prevailingly. Wait prevailingly. And I chose that word specifically as I studied just kind of the the background of this word. Look at verse 14, if you would, please. All these, meaning the 120 were continually united in prayer, along with the women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Notice the word continually. It's a really important word. It literally means they stuck to praying. They persisted. They prevailed. They didn't shrink back. I love what Luke 24, 53 says, because it's a complementary verse to what's happening in the upper room. Listen to Luke 24, 53. They were continually in the temple, praising God. When you put these two together, just imagine you're in Jerusalem. Now you're in an upper room, kind of more intimate setting, 120. Then you go into the public environment, the temple, you're praising You know what the normative thing in this waiting room was? Praising God and praying to God. What a beautiful, beautiful response of these disciples waiting on the Lord. Now, folks, one of the tensions that I see in my own prayer life is this. Sometimes I'd rather pray away things than pray through things. And what do I mean by that? When trials come, when frustrations hit, when there's heartaches, when there's hurts, we try to pray away those things versus praying through them. Let God take you through that journey. Why? To transform us. We know this specifically, that 10 days were dedicated to prevailing prayer. How do we know that? The Bible says that Jesus appeared to over 10 groups of people for about 40 days passover to pentecost is 50 days the spirit of god comes on pentecost we know there's a minimum of 10 days between the 40-day ascension and pentecost so they have 10 days of prevailing prayer they didn't pray away their struggles they didn't pray away their fears They prayed through the difficulties and questions and wonderment. Lord, what's next? We're waiting for the promise. We're trusting you. And God calls us similarly to do the same. Back to the Gospel of Luke, because I'm going to do my best to connect Acts to Luke. In Luke 18, Jesus told them a parable on the need for them to pray always and not become discouraged. I'll tell you one thing that'll kill prayer and will kill prevailing prayer, it's discouragement. When you're down and out, when you're feeling low, it doesn't feel like there's any hope, you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, we get so discouraged and we just wanna pray away the trials instead of praying through the trials. God says prevail in prayer, don't become discouraged. Yes, life is hard. There are trials and tribulations, but we're called to pray. One of my favorite stories of prevailing prayer goes back to 1857. If you like church history, if you like revival history, type in this name online, Jeremiah Lanfear. Picture this, 1857, he's a businessman, 40 years old, living in New York City. And there were some dark days back then, he was pretty discouraged. And as a believer, he says, you know what, it's time to pray. So he opened up his office for prayer from noon to one. Anyone can come, young, old, male, female, just come. We're going to pray. First half hour, he's alone. And then six other individuals showed up, four pastors from four different denominations. Next week, the group multiplied to 20 to 40. In a few weeks, it was 100 people praying. In six months, folks, here's what happened. And it was remarkable. More than 10,000 people in New York City alone began praying that God's kingdom would come. It was a prevailing prayer. History records this. Jeremiah Lanfear, beginning with a small little prayer meeting, fast forward two years later, it was the catalyst for what is known as the Great Awakening in America. At that time in history, there was 30 million people in America. They believed that about 2 million people came to genuine faith in Christ beginning in that prayer meeting. Can you imagine? One businessman, 40 years old, let's pray from noon to 1, and it mushroomed. That's what we're going to see in the book of Acts. The Spirit comes... The gospel advances, 3,000 get saved and baptized, and the ripple effect all the way to Rome takes place because the church advanced on their knees. Let's be encouraged today. God hears our prayer. He hears our prevailing prayer. They persisted. And when you're discouraged, that's the time to pray all the more, to get on your knees and get your strength, your courage, your hope, In the Lord. Secondly, discipline number two wait, praying in unity. Wait, praying in unity. Look again, if you would, at verse 14. It's just so simple. It's right in this passage. All these were continually, notice this next word, united in prayer, along with the women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. I always like to connect prayer to Jesus. If you're familiar with this high priestly prayer, John 17, this is the final hours of his life before he was arrested and crucified. John 17, he says, "Father, here's my prayer. May they be one as you and I are one, and its unity with the purpose so that the world might know the Father sent the Son." Can you imagine? What a remarkable prayer. Paul said in Philippians 2, be of one mind, one purpose, one heart. That's his prayer for the church. In Ephesians 4, 3, strive to keep the unity of the faith and the bonds of peace. Where does unity begin? I am absolutely convinced with all my heart, it begins on our knees. It begins in prayer. They were a unified church. Why? They were a praying church. Can I give you an example of that? If you'd like to turn in your Bibles to the book of Acts, because that's what I'm just going to do. I'm going to give you picture after picture. Acts chapter 12, here's what it states. And let me set the context. Peter gets arrested for preaching the gospel. This is serious stuff. Stephen was already stoned to death. The first Christian martyr happened in Jerusalem. Peter's next. He's one day before being martyred, one day. You know what happens? There is a unified prayer meeting. Acts chapter 12, verse 5. So Peter was kept in prison, and I love this. But prayer was being made earnestly to God for him by the church. Folks, this is corporate prayer. This is unified prayer. This is earnest prayer. This is the church believing, God, only you can do what we can't do. Our brother Peter... One of the inner three is ready to be martyred. Please release them. Do you know what the rest of the story is in Acts 12? A miracle took place. Peter was released from prison. He shows up at the door where the prayer meeting is. He's knocking. Guess who answers the door? A slave girl. She says, hey, everybody. It's Peter. Our prayers have been answered. They're like, you're crazy. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. When we pray, God hears. When we pray God answers, he answered affirmatively. He did a miracle. Peter was released from prison. And boy, the church stood in awe of God. It's been hard as a church to stay unified because in some ways it's been hard to regather. COVID for 14 plus months has created some challenges in fellowship. But one of the things that I appreciate so much about our elders twice in the past six months has tried to visit our faith family to provide prayer to provide care to make sure we're checking in but last fall if you recall we had a gift bag for you with a little devotional love to pray this was intentional in your gift bag and the reason we gave it is okay if we can't gather together we can do this we can pray together we could stay unified on our knees praying to God earnestly, Lord, uh, your kingdom comes still during these challenging times of transition. So I want to encourage you today. If you need a jump start in your prayer life, go back to that 40, that love to pray devotional. It could be a real encouragement to keep us unified as a church to see God's kingdom come. And what a blessing. Number three. Wait, praying intentionally. And again, I I just thought as I read through this, I'm going to take this passage at face value, but look at verse 15. It says this, during these days, and again, if you're taking notes, I would suggest 10 days they waited. Again, I unpacked that from Passover to Pentecost is 50 days. Jesus hung out for 40 days. There was a 10-day waiting room and we get a sense of what's going on here jesus says go to a specific place in jerusalem the upper room we know it was the upper room because it's a definite article in greek so they go to the upper room in jerusalem and they're praying at a specific time each day how do we know that the text suggests that they're at the temple praising god and they're here together praying to god and so i think A simple application from this passage is intentionality. In other words, we put prayer on our calendar. We choose a place, folks. We choose a time. Maybe we choose a resource and we pray to God intentionally. Just imagine if all of Westwind Church was mobilized with that kind of intentionality. What a beautiful picture that could be. We had a uh, couple call us about a week ago from Indiana, just good friends. And they said, Keith Allen, we'd love for you uh, guys to join us in a 40-day prayer journey. And so they shared what it was about. It was real simple. We got a book by Mark Batterson, Draw the Circle. And we choose a time, we choose a place, we pray. And each day we, we draw a circle. And what is that special prayer request of the day? Today's Draw the Circle was that this child dedication, especially with my daughter and son-in-law here for Genesis Rose, would be a special day, a marker for our, our uh, dedications of our kids for our families, a very special prayer that uh, each day we call upon the name of the Lord. But at the end of the week, we gather uh, over Zoom, and we'll check in and we'll pray together. Folks, this is so simple but it's so intentional. And I'll tell you, what a blessing to have friends in your life who wanna encourage you for prayer, who wanna hold you accountable for prayer, and who wanna pray with you. Intentional prayer. And so again, I just wanna encourage you today, try to evaluate your prayer life. Where are you at in this faith journey? Do you have that intentional prayer? As couples, husbands and wives, as families, Life groups, the body of Christ, really encouraging one another in prayer. Mark Batterson, who wrote uh, Draw the Circle, says this. If you pray to God regularly, irregular things will happen on a regular basis. I want to say that again. If you pray to God regularly, irregular things will happen on a regular basis. I love that. Intentional, regular prayer. Now let's tie it all together. Discipline number four, wait, praying, dependently. And this is so uh, real to the text. Look at verses 24 and 25. Then they prayed, you know the hearts. Show which of these two you have chosen to take place in this apostolic service that Judas left to go to his own place. Then they cast lots for them, and the lot fell to Matthias. So he was numbered with the 11 apostles. And so, folks, there's a specific need in the early church, right? They're waiting on God to send the promised Holy Spirit. That's the big need. To be empowered to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. But they also knew because two Psalms said Judas must be replaced. And so Peter, the spokesperson, steps to the plate and says, Lord, we want to do your will. We want to be found faithful. What was the criteria for replacing Judas? You had to be a witness of the life of Christ from the baptism of John to the resurrection. So there were boundaries for leadership, okay? You had to experience his baptism. You had to experience his resurrection and his life in between. But I think also, notice the prayer. Lord you know the hearts of these two men. The heart really matters, folks. When God was choosing a king, he comes to a family who had a lot of kids and a lot of leaders. And he chooses the youngest, a boy, his name's David. Why? He looked at David, a kid, literally a shepherd boy, and he says, that kid has a heart for God. And he chose David to be king. One of the highest criteria for choosing leadership in any uh, category of life is making sure the heart's right before the Lord. And folks, when our hearts aren't right, what do we do? We confess, we repent, we say, Lord, thank you for your forgiveness through the blood of Jesus Christ, and we move on. But the heart really matters to God. And so why wait? God wants us to know this first and foremost. The church was birthed in a prayer meeting. It was birth waiting on the Lord. And folks, if the church is gonna advance, I am absolutely convinced it will only advance when the church is on its knees. So will we be intentional about that? And you know your own faith journey here. We're not trying to point fingers at anyone, but I'll tell you something, folks. When we pray, God works. When we work, we work. Let's pray. Prayer is the work of the ministry. Let prayer unify us. Let prayer allow the gospel to advance like it did in 1857 in New York City. Can you imagine 10,000 people within a few years praying that God's kingdom comes? Two million people. The great awakening is launched. Wouldn't you love to see that in your day? I know I would. There's needs that we all have, and what's beautiful about this passage is we could take our needs to the Lord. What are your needs today? Do you need direction? Do you need healing? Do you need forgiveness? Do you need reconciliation? Do you need help with finances and health? They had a need. They had to replace Judas. It was prophesy that would take place. Lord, you know, look at the hearts. We're doing our part. They fulfilled the criteria. You select the guy. They selected Matthias. We can come to God with our needs. He hears and he works. And then hopefully we'll give him glory, standing off him. And so I want to invite uh, Brett and team to come forward. Let me close us in prayer as we prepare to close in song. Let's pray together. Father, I love this truth. The church was birthed in a prayer meeting. I think I've known that, but it's good to relearn it, to reflect on first things, your priorities, Lord. And so, God, I pray in Jesus' name you would cause us to be a people who wait on the Lord in prayer. What a blessing, Father, to pray persist in prayer to prevail in prayer father i pray that you would unify your church not only west wind but the church of jesus christ through prayer father would you please starting with with me with the elders with the pastoral team to make us more intentional about prayer our life groups and father yes everyone here has needs you know those needs So thank you that you meet us in our time of need. Thank you that we can come boldly before your throne of grace and find mercy in our time of need. We love you, Lord. And thank you for the privilege to call upon your name. In Jesus' name, amen.